How you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show. Sounds like a typical bastard. What's going on in Nick Wilson's mind? My mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought. You're about to find out. Look who knows so much. Nick Wilson is on now. Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show. I am the Nick Wilson. Hope everybody had a happy and safe 4th of July. Hope you still have 10 fingers and toes. There are a few people that I'm telling you right now do not in the Ballantyne neighborhood that I live in. I was going to go out on a limb and say that there are people in the neighborhood, in the know, who do not have everything that they came into the weekend with, but we got a lot to get into. Beth Troutman. Worked uh, the Sky Show for uh, uh, Radio 1 here yesterday. So instead of the bit with Beth at 1040, today it's going to be the bit with Itty Bitty Fitty at 1040 at 1120. We got Ellis Williams, Carolina Panthers reporter for the Charlotte Observer. We'll ask why the hell hasn't Matt Corral signed a contract extension. Charming her charge at 1140. Dan Favalli, bleacher reporter for, uh, or rather, NBA writer for the Bleacher Report and the Hardwood Knox podcast at uh, 12 20 we'll get into the rudy gobert trade holy crap the rudy gobert trade we'll also get into kd Kyrie, hornets news as well five questions at 12 40 and then at uh, 120 cold kubelik of the sec network joins us we'll get into college football expansion but how was your weekend i i, I will tell you um the wilson fam went a little low-key this weekend uh, the in-laws are coming into town today, so uh, the house was a disaster, so we spent a lot of the time just cleaning up the house and yelling at our kids who didn't want to clean up the house. But by and large, good food weekend. Uh, we crushed some burgers. I made some homemade mac and cheese. It's the third time I've made it in about four, uh, four weeks. I think I'm becoming a professional homemade mac and cheeser. I feel like I am finally now four years into living in the South. I feel like I could invite... The real Southerners, all right? Not transplants like myself, not, you know, whatever itty-bitty-fitty considers himself uh, from historic Monroe and historic Lancaster. I'm talking about I could go out to the holler. I could go out to Kings Mountain, some of the people that I love to people watch in Kings Mountain. And uh, I could go ahead and grab a couple of those people, set them down at a table, put my mac and cheese in front of them. And I feel like they would say, you know what, Yankee? Not bad. Which really... For three times in on mac and cheese is about as much as I can get. But I would like to commend Southern Charlotte, South Charlotte, uh, Northern South Carolina for their fireworks work this year. Because as I have lived here for years, I can tell you that last night was the most fireworks I've heard in the entirety of my times living here. I don't know if some of that's clouded because during the pandemic, we all couldn't be together. By the way, the year that we were in during the pandemic was actually the time where we had the outdoor rock the block thing uh, down down the neighborhood. This year, it felt like everybody was doing their own thing. But it made me laugh. Uh, Brian Christensen of Fox 46 had put out a tweet saying he had talked to a, a South Carolina fireworks store owner who said that somebody came in and bought $7,000 worth of fireworks and in cash, no less, and it took 12 shopping carts to wheel it out and to take it to the guy's car. And 
there's a few things to digest on this one. One, I'm pretty sure that guy was in my neighborhood last night. Like 99% sure. Because it sounded like uh, it, it sounded like Independence Day, 1776, around my neighborhood. More on that in a second. But this guy who spent $7,000 in cash, no less, on fireworks at a South Carolina store. I don't think I've spent $7,000 like in one sitting on hardly anything in my life. And anybody fitting and I were talking in the pre-show, I can't even wrap my head around getting to the point where I have $7,000 and I'm just like, ah, let's go get some fireworks. Like I, maybe it's because I know I'll never make a million, I'll never make a major league minimum or minor or NBA vet minimum, right? I'll never make a couple million dollars a year. So... That's really the only way that I can start to construct an idea of having enough money to to spend $7,000 on fireworks. Here's the other thing. I don't think everybody realizes how much fireworks $7,000 really is. That's basically a small town's worth of fireworks. If you go to historic Lancaster and they're setting off fireworks, they're probably setting off about $7,000 worth of fireworks. But there was a downside. I enjoyed seeing the grand finale of, I think it was Pineville, that I was seeing as I was walking around last night. But uh, let's just say, after a day or two of eating like absolute garbage, the old tummy wasn't settling right. I, 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 we, I couldn't alleviate the tum-tum issues. So I decided to walk around my neighborhood. The only time you can walk around your damn neighborhood now. It's so friggin' hot outside, and it's so humid. There are two times to walk in Charlotte. You need to walk between 10 p.m. at night and 6 a.m. 6.01, it's hotter than hell. 9.59, still too damn hot. So about 10 o'clock last night, I'd finished prepping for today. Usually get my coffee pot ready, make my Ph.D. lunch the day before, that kind of stuff. I was like, I have all this energy. I, I can't go to the bathroom. I'm going to have to walk it out. So I went walking around the neighborhood for what I thought was going to be a 15-minute walk. It turned into Gilligan's Island. It was a three-hour tour because every time I tried to make another pass towards home, somebody was shooting fireworks off, and I had to turn the opposite direction. And it was funny. It, like I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset because, one, the fireworks were actually really well done, and it, everybody appeared to be doing so safely. But, like, I wanted to walk straight, which would have let me go home after about 15 minutes. Somebody was shooting off fireworks, and they were doing it in the light. I was in, I was in like, the shadows. I'm not taking that risk. All right, so I got to go back the other way. That happened about five times. A 15-minute a walk, an attempted 15-minute walk, took 52 minutes. Because that's how long it took me before uh, every checkpoint that I hit allowed me to walk straight home. So kudos, kudos to the good people of Ballantyne. Uh, it was, it looked fun. Lots of, I don't think any of my neighbors, maybe people in the greater Ballantyne area, I don't think any of my immediate neighbors lost any fingers or toe last night. I would like to, if, if I'm allowed one complaint, all right, I've talked about the beautiful fireworks. I don't get triggered by that. Um, when I had younger kids, it might have bugged me more, but like my kids are eight and 12 now. They can handle it. Go to bed. That's the number one thing. Oh, is it keeping you up? Okay, go to bed. I don't care. But like, if, I, if I'm allowed one complaint, 
Schedule makers in baseball, you had one friggin' job. Major League Baseball has, has carte blanche on 4th of July. They're the only important sports going. Sorry to Wimbledon. Sorry to uh, Joey Chestnut in his his love of hot dogs in the the Cody Island Cody Island hot dog eating competition. Baseball is the only thing going, and baseball schedule makers, in their infinite intelligence, decided that four teams were going to be off on Fourth of July. It is un-American. I don't use this card too often because I don't believe in weaponizing patriotism like so many have done in this country. It is un-American that all 30 of Major League Baseball's teams aren't playing on 4th of July. If you're a Yankees fan, you should be able to watch the Yankees on on 4th of July. If you're a Pirates fan, the one time a year you should want to watch it. Well, the first one's the first day of the season before you you know are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. And the second one is 4th of July. How in the blue hell has, has, has the, the economic communism of Major League Baseball, the revenue sharing, has, have the commies finally won? It is unimaginable. Especially when the most prolific team in baseball history, the team with the most championships in history, the New York Yankees, a team that I loathe because of all of the amount of attention they get. Oh, did you hear the Yankees? Oh, hey, Greg Bird farted. Let's go ahead and talk about what that means for the 2022 Major League Baseball season. I know Greg Bird isn't a Yankee anymore. It was the only name I could come up with. The point is, oh, Derek Jeter's been retired for 10 years. Is he still the greatest Yankee of all time? That's how people talk about the Yankees. They should be playing. I hate the friggin' Yankees. They should be playing on 4th of July. Schedule makers for Major League Baseball, here is your customary hunk of metal by Goma for having 26 of 30 teams on the field on 4th of July instead of 30 out of uh, 30 teams playing on 4th of July. And one more thing, because I had a great weekend with the family. We did uh, a daycation with another pup. You guys might remember me talking about Dumbo, uh, who we who we spent, uh, we had a day, and then literally the next day, because of the social media push, we mentioned it on air, Dumbo got, uh, got adopted that very day. Well, we spent Saturday, part of this weekend was we wanted to spend a day with a pup and, and get, get her story out there. We spent Saturday with this great pup called Valerie. If you guys want to see her, uh, at Nick Wilson says, beautiful sweet dog i i made my wife take her back this time so with dumbo i walked dumbo up and we put him back in there he was in the foster the next day in foster for adoption he was adopted this puppy was so awesome i couldn't take her back to uh, animal care and control here in charlotte so one if you want to help out these pups and, and you're not looking to get a pup Make sure to do a staycation. It's an awesome experience. You get to take them out. We got her a pup cup. We played with her. We bought her a couple toys to take back to the shelter. And then, two, if you are looking for a pup, at Nick Wilson says, not only are there pictures of this beautiful goober pup, but there's also a link to her profile. Let's make sure we can get Valerie. That That's the way. I want you to celebrate. If you're looking for a dog, you got a family, maybe you're somebody who is a single person, likes to go spend time outside, at Nick Wilson says, Check out uh, Valerie's profile. She was an absolutely sweetheart. That's how I celebrated the weekend. Hopefully helping a pup, spending good time with the family, and uh, listening to my neighbors just blow crap up. God bless America. We got a lot to get into. The itty-bitty fitty. The bit with itty-bitty fitty. 
instead of the bit with Beth at 1040, Ellis Williams at 1120, Dan Favali of the Bleacher Report talking big NBA news at 1220, Cole Kubelik at 120, talking about all the cadre of realignment talks and what could happen. Just kind of waiting on Notre Dame to make a decision here. But as we get started, do you still have all 10 fingers and 10 toes? I want to hear your fireworks stories from the weekend. And more importantly, it, it's been a long summer already for Hornets fans. We're going to try to alleviate Hornets panic with one thought next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ, uh, as you and I talk right now, I'm looking uh, somewhere, anywhere for pictures of Will Pelagic to tweet at him. Willie left open his Twitter on, uh, on, this, uh, on this here computer in front of me, and I'm really thinking of ways to mess with our guy. I've got a database on my phone. Okay, we're not going to put your donger out there, all right? <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the want to help, but the reality is if we send a picture of your dinger out there on Willie P's account, it'll be the last thing you, or I, you and I ever do at the station. Now, I thought you were wanting pictures of Willie P to send out. I've got a database of Willie P pictures. Oh, okay, that's probably, that's actually worse than sending your dong out. I, I feel like the fact that you just have a, 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 a litany of, of Willie P Pictures, I find that to be a, a little troubling and mildly ironic. Uh, erotic, that's the word. I was don't get jealous. I have pictures of you, mm -hmm. Mac, and Bone, even the new boss, Jeff. I have photos at my disposal to troll you guys on the interwebs. So uh, before Willie P hears this, because he's probably knee-deep in some sort of meeting, what should we do to celebrate Will leaving up his Twitter here? There's, there's a lot of people that would have just let that one go. And honestly... If it was Mac, I usually let it go. T-Bone, I let it go. Willie P's the one guy that I am scientifically engineered to screw with. So he's a Mizzou grad who's their biggest rival, Kansas. Mm. We could have some fun with sending out like a rock chalk Jayhawk. I love the Kansas, Kansas Jayhawks. All right, so it's rock chalk chalk Jayhawk. Jayhawk. Okay, that why, oh, guys, I just spelled hawk, H-A-L-K. <laughs> that, that, was, that was problematic there. All right, so now we got a second tweet uh, going out there. Von Pullman, by the way, I, we're just going to read off his tweets here. I wasn't planning to do this, but this stuff's just too much fun. Saying you mean Willie the Pooh? No, because I put Willie P as in P-E-E because -E I'm a toddler. <laughs> what ways, in what ways... Should we abuse Willie P's Twitter account being open in front of me? Uh, could we? I, I don't want to do the same thing twice because I was thinking, man, I love uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. Like I was thinking we could go through his NL East because I know the, the Mets are a hot button for him. Let us know at Nick Wilson says or 704-570-9610 of the Garage Door Guru text line. How? How indeed? Can we mess with William Eugene Pelagic? In the meantime, I'm going to attempt to alleviate Hornet's panic. Because it's been a rough couple months. Even if you weren't a Borrego apologist like myself, there's no way you can defend the way the coaching search happened. The idea that Steve Clifford could end up being a good hire, completely accidental. 
That's what's that'll actually be really funny to me is if things went this bad and in three years we're talking about Clifford 2.0 being wildly successful. Because there's no reason, given the way the process went down, from firing Borrego, the organization seeming caught off guard, six weeks to name a successor, four weeks to talk, uh, you know, to get a press conference to tell us why Borrego was fired, then Kenny Atkinson backs out a week later, then a week later you just kind of stumble into a Clifford hire, all that. But beyond that, Beyond the panic of the coaching search, there is the latest news with Miles Bridges, and who the hell knows if he'll what his next six months look like. There is um, there is the the Montrez Harrell thing, him getting in trouble for uh, you know having a lot of weed in his car. It's just been about as ugly of an off season as you can possibly have, and I get it. Right now, Hornets fans, and I saw it on the the Facebook page, the the Hornets supporters Facebook page. There is a lot of panic that the Hornets haven't made a move outside of re-signing Cody Martin to a four-year, $32 million deal, which, by the way, you can't pay them all. I mean, I am totally okay with paying Miles Bridges. I am totally okay with the initial decision to pay Gordon Hayward. Beyond that, Scary Terry probably shouldn't have gotten a contract extension. Cody Martin, I don't think is a guy you need to have back. Maybe that only happened when DeLon Wright signed in Washington and there were a couple other 3-and-D players that signed elsewhere. But, like, it's been a dismal, a dismal offseason so far. And free agency, there's just not a lot of splash. The only move you've made is Cody Martin. I want to give you one reason why it shouldn't be doom and gloom and panic for the Charlotte Hornets. And the same reason that it was why I didn't go ahead and completely devastate and destroy the organization when they fired Borrego in the first place. It's LaMelo Ball. But but the big concern now, it's finally okay to start having the fears of, is LaMelo going to leave? The reality is, when you have a player the ilk of LaMelo in a small market, there's a really good chance that you're going to lose the player that you love at some point. Cleveland law has lost LeBron twice. That's one for instance. Russell Westbrook eventually left OKC. Kevin Durant left OKC. Paul George forced his way out of Indiana and then forced his way out of OKC. At some point, it's logical to assume that LaMelo's going to leave. But let's look at what has happened with Zion Williamson. All the hype, all the expectation in New Orleans. And people were starting to wonder with how bad the Pelicans were until the second half of this season, the fact that there seems to be distrust between Zion, his family, and the New Orleans Pelicans, people were wondering, should Zion force his way out? What did Zion just do? He signed a five-year, $231 million deal in in New Orleans. Why? Because they're the team that could pay him that. And New Orleans has been a lot more dysfunctional in Zion's three years there than the the Hornets have been, even with the last two months, in the last two years of LaMelo. That doesn't mean LaMelo isn't going to leave this uh, town at some point. But if Zion Williamson is going to sign the five-year pact, the max contract to stay in New Orleans with how poorly things have gone there, I think it's fair to say we can put a cap on LaMelo's going to leave talk for now. 
but the conversation isn't will LaMelo leave, will LaMelo not leave? Will LaMelo want to force his way out? Will he not want to? The conversation is can you do what is necessary to keep LaMelo long term? And that is about winning. That is about Steve Clifford not taking a step back with this organization and them needing to find another head coach next year. That is about um, figuring out and, and treading lightly with Miles. Because Miles is one of LaMelo's best friends on this team. If you think that won't matter to LaMelo's future here, you're wrong. It doesn't mean they should not pull the, the qualifying offer. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't trade him or they shouldn't walk away from him. But how you handle that situation with Miles Bridges is a lot more loaded because of the potential long-term tentacles for Miles. There's the fact they're friends, and there's the fact that Miles is one of the 40 best players in the NBA. That matters. So, to alleviate the Hornets' panic, Zion Williamson signing a, a five-year max contract, $231 million in New Orleans, it, it shows you, even with a lot of dysfunction, players are going to stay where they can get the most amount of money. But if the Hornets are planning long-term right now, the plan has to be how do we, how do we keep LaMelo here as long as possible? If let's say LaMelo LaMelo's thinking, all right, after my first contract, two years into my ask, so six years into his career, if that's when LaMelo has earmarked or his people have earmarked when to get him out of Charlotte, turn it into 10 years. Turn it into eight years. Good organizations know at some point players might leave. Just the that's just the NBA. Kevin Durant just signed last year a four-year contract extension in Brooklyn. He just demanded a trade, and that's a big market. It's a team that's been to the playoffs. Rudy Gobert signed a god just huge contract a couple years ago in Utah. He just got traded. Donovan Mitchell might be on his way out in Utah as well. That happens. But if a good organization tries to keep players happy for as long as they possibly can, it's why Steve Clifford's role is to be equal parts teacher to LaMelo and also do what Borrego did. A year ago, Borrego spent the entire summer building a relationship with LaMelo. Steve Clifford's going to have to do that if he wants to be successful. The Charlotte Hornets are going to want him to do that if they're going to be successful over the next year or two with Steve Clifford. So I'll ask you guys, does signing, seeing Zion Williamson signing the, the, the massive contract in New Orleans, John Morant signing the deal in Memphis, does it alleviate your, I don't say paranoia because it's fair. Like paranoia is, is, this is based in reality. The idea that LaMelo could eventually leave, but it does at least alleviate the short term concern about that. And I'll ask you, what moves do you think that the Hornets can make? to take LaMelo's stint here and turn it into a long-term play. When I'm saying long-term, I'm talking eight years, nine years, instead of four, five, or six years. Because I think a guy like, I was going to say a guy like Zach Levine, who's up, re-upped in, uh, in, in Chicago. I think some people, there was a rumor out there that the Hornets were working on a deal for Lonzo Ball to bring Lonzo to play with his brother, which I do think would work. Lonzo's become a good enough three-point shooter, and Lonzo is an elite defender. And oh, by the way, he's a pretty good ball handler, too. 
So I, I actually think offensively and defensively, that pairing would be really good as a backcourt. That's one move, I think. Listen, there's a reason Leangelo Ball is on the summer league roster. The guy's not an NBA player. He's not. If he was, he would have caught on somewhere else. He's a nice, he's a good basketball, better than you or me. But he's not a, a tried and true, one of the 12 best men on any team in the NBA. This isn't like Seth Curry, who floated around the NBA, had one elite tool, but was incredibly undersized, and the game had to evolve a little bit. This isn't that. Leangelo has an NBA body. He just doesn't have an, the rest of the game is not NBA worthy. Not in totality. Why is Leangelo Ball here? It's, it's to keep him happy. It's to make LaMelo feel at home in Charlotte. I was thinking about Bradley Beal. He's a little bit older. That one scares me a little bit, does Bradley Beal? Because he, remember, early in his career, he had some injury concerns. He's had injury concerns here or there. Defensively, LaMelo and Bradley don't necessarily profile as one of the most prolific defensive backcourts. 704-570-9610. Let's start there. That the Zion contract was a nice reminder. Lamelo's going to be here for a little bit. Now it becomes: Can the Hornets make prudent decisions? Basketball life decisions. Can they? Can they? Can they support Lamelo enough that he's going to want to turn this from a six-year, seven-year stay into a ten-year, twelve-year stay? Because the difference between that could be a title. The difference between that could be a eight-nine-year run of playoff. Playoff basketball in the Queen City. And I'm telling you guys, this town is ripe for the taking. This town, all this town needs. It is a, it is a, with the amount of people in this town, with the amount of diehards in this town, with the girl gang, with all the different subsets of Hornets and Panthers fans. It's just waiting for another run of five years, 10 years of great basketball, great football. Whoever does that next or whoever does that first, really. That's going to determine who has the soul of the Queen City here. But what what move or moves do you think could help keep LaMelo here longer? I want to get more to that uh, as we go throughout today's show. I just wanted to alleviate a little bit of the panic. It's been a rough summer here. But as we continue, Beth Troutman not in today, not even on her own show today. So we're going to turn it over to the bit with Itty Bitty Fitty next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Coming up in 40 minutes, Ellis Williams. Coming up right now, uh, I'm having so much fun tweeting from Willie's account. Uh, if you missed it, uh, I did tweet out, I love the Kansas Jayhawks. Hashtag Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, I also just tweeted out during the break. I'm not sure why it's taking me so long to say this, but... Uh, HTV Josh, that's already bitty fitty, is a bigger Mets fan than me. Honestly, I don't even like baseball that much. Quidditch is my favorite sport. And uh, <laughs> Jessica Charman texting in, or rather tweeting, uh, at Willie P. Style. Hey, Willie, what are your thoughts on your co-host? And Willie P., in quotations, uh, I'd rather host with Mabel June. Well, how, f- how much mileage can I get out of this? Can I keep this, if, if he doesn't figure out, what I'm doing. Can I do this for four hours? So he he said on the morning show today, he was going straight to the dentist, I do believe, 
Oh, and he's going to be high as a kite when so, he starts reading these these tweets. It could be a long time before he knows what has happened, and then there's no way you can walk it all back. Oh, man. I was thinking about attacking his food takes next. Like, I was thinking about taking a shot of Carolina barbecue, and the, but the, the problem is his food takes are so bad that I could tweet some people like, oh, Willie's on it again. <laughs> Willie's doing the bad food take thing again. So, uh... Yeah, we'll have to figure out. Again, send me submissions. What are things that I should tweet about from the account of Will Pelagic? No politics. We're not trying. I'm not trying to start a war with Willie P. I'm just trying to make him uh, incredibly uncomfortable when he sees all the things that I tweeted about him. You could proclaim that his middle name is in fact Eugene, because he I, always I think, denies it. I think I think Eugene is too tame of a middle name. All right, I think I think we got to go real hard, you know. Um, William Caesar Palachik, <laughs> right? Um, William Eugenia. Eugenia. Yeah, uh, it's after my grandma. See, not my grandma. I was just saying, like we could. Uh, also, I've decided to take Julian's last name. Ooh, that one actually might not be great. That one might. That that might that one might backfire on me. I want it to be fun. I don't want it to cost me my friendship with Will. <laughs> I never, I've, I very rarely do I ever lift the veil of letting uh, anyone here know who I really like at the station. I really love my boy, Willie P. With that, tell me on the Garage Door Guru text line how I can screw with Will Pelagic by tweeting from his, uh, his account. In the meantime, Beth Troutman, not in today. So that means it's time for the bit with Itty Bitty Fitty. Itty Bitty, how confident are you? That you can live up to the genius of Beth Troutman. So I, once I was informed of this in the pre-show, mm -hmm. I decided to play to my strengths. Okay. She doesn't, she she always goes sports adjacent because uh -huh. sports isn't her strong suit. That's true. Sports are my strong suit. So we're going to save all the extracurricular fun for Thursday when all she right, tries to get us kicked off the air. I quit. You're fired. The bit's done. Just kidding. Go ahead. Because um, I might get kicked off the air. So the first story I have I believe you sent this to our show DMs on the Twitters over the weekend. And you did it because you were wanting to get a reaction out of me on your holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. And this was Buster Olney, um, renowned Mets hater in the MLB world. This guy lives to hate the Mets. You realize that's not a real thing, but go yes, ahead. Yes, it is. He uh, <laughs> reported that there are some in the corners of the industry... Which has to just be a baseball-only term, right? Uh, well, no. I mean, how many corners are there in the baseball? This is not, this is not the NFL media. <laughs> the NFL media constitutes half of the United States. Baseball's <laughs> media is like three guys in their mom's basement. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, he said that there are people in the MLB media that do believe Jacob DeGrom, when he hits free agency next year, mm -hmm. the favorite to land his services would be the Atlanta Braves. How do we feel about that guy wearing a Mets jersey? Have you ever seen a grown man meltdown? Yes. Like almost everybody I've ever worked with. Like like outside of LeBron <laughs> in the 2011 Finals. Oh, yeah. That was the good. The Mets in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. The, this the Cowboys is, in the playoffs. Yeah. The Knicks in the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> this is my worst nightmare. Flounder actually said this on the morning show. And I echo it. I'd rather him join the Yankees than the freaking Braves. Mm-hmm. I, the the undying passion of hatred I have for the Braves exceeds my hatred of ha half of your Knicks takes. Um, all right, it's not gonna happen. 
The most that the Braves have ever paid any player in an individual season is $22 million, $23 million a year. So they're going to go pay Jacob deGrom with his injury history $35 million a year. It's nonsensical. They also have Dansby Swanson, who on top of sounding like a world-class sailor, is is going to be a free agent. Dansby Swanson. <laughs> so like they, they've, they've got at least one or two other high-profile free agents. This isn't happening. This is... I would. I was teasing you about the the trolling thing. This is totally just Buster only, just kind of trolling you. Well, if it did happen, wouldn't Freddie Freeman just fire his next agent for not keeping him in Atlanta, just out of pure spite that Jacob Degrom's a brave and he's not? That's actually a really good line. What else do you have there on the bit with itty bitty Fetty? Because Beth Troutman isn't at work today. All right. So um, look, I don't know about you. I don't get into the whole. Nathan's hot dogging contest. I think, uh, it's, I think it's a farce. I think that's an underplay of the situation. You roasted... All right. Pun intended. You roasted <laughs> Joey Chestnut. Grilled him, you could say. <laughs> uh, you were really, really hot dogging it. Uh, but you were you roasted him and the idea of the hot dog eating competition on social media today. So so don't undersell it. If you're going to sell it, sell it hard. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's 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 nonsensical. I'd much rather watch baseball at 12 o'clock on the 4th of July mm-hmm. than grown adults stuffing hot dogs down their throat. Mm-hmm. I saved that for the nighttime. Um... But something cool did happen during the hot dogging contest yesterday, and that was he actually put his body to good use and uh, restrained a protester from going up onto the stage. And this wasn't aired on national television. He choked the dude. That's what he did. Uh... You really have to be a simp for Joey Chestnut to flex on you. <laughs> I stood next to we, when Joey Chestnut and I did an event at Hooters when I first got like three years ago. Here? And he is the most, and I mean this, in the, like he's the most mild-mannered, meek dude you're ever going to meet. And at no point did I think to myself, wow, Joey Chestnut could really kick my ass. As a matter of fact, I thought if I really wanted five minutes of fame, I could just drop this dude with one punch and and be pseudo-famous tomorrow for the next 24 hours. I didn't do it, by the way. What did y'all do at Hooters? Uh, we had a we had a wing-eating competition. People got to step up and challenge him. Yeah. And my response was, because everybody looking at Fatty, like, oh, we got a real contender here. I ate the wings as slow as I could possibly eat them. <laughs> yeah. Fatty doesn't dance when he wants them to okay uh but yeah uh you gotta be a real p we gotta be a, you gotta real <laughs> you gotta be a real wuss to get choked out by joey chestnut especially on the main stage of the nathan's hot dog eating competition all right would you rather get choked out by a competitive eater uh-huh or let's say a golfer or a pro tennis player uh, probably a golfer. Some of the, like, if you got, if you got beat up by Br- Bryson DeChambeau, like, is he a chotch? Yeah, he's also swole as hell. The guy's like 240 pounds of pure muscle. Nobody's going to, yes, they'll tease you because it's a golfer, but then when they just show him a picture of Brooks Kepka and you'll be like, yeah, I'd probably get my ass beat by that guy as well. <laughs> now, tennis player, that's different. Tennis player really is kind of in the middle of competitive eater and golfer because those dudes have endurance. Not a lot of muscle on those guys. Kind of looks like dudes you should beat up. So that's how I rank the three. So speaking of tennis, the U.S. Open Twitter account tweeted in reference to tennis being played on the 4th of July holiday weekend. You know, it's it's a great way to to celebrate or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And this one Seahawks fan clapped back and said that tennis 
isn't a real sport. Uh-huh. Well, the U.S. Open Twitter account clapped back and said that uh, that's funny seeing that you have to watch Drew Locke play quarterback for 17 games this upcoming football season. That was, uh, that was, was a little, little, little violent for my taste there, but 100% fair. And then Drew Locke then yesterday in addressing our nation's birthday and stuff like that, Thank the U.S. Open Twitter account for having his back because he knows for 17 games this year, he's in a bad situation and he's going to suck ass. Drew Log probably should have sat this one out. Um, but the U.S. Open Twitter account owned that guy. And also Seahawks fan, we got one here, Scott Gottlieb, who's the head of digital here. He he likes to, to talk bleep. Now that you've lost uh, Russell Wilson, maybe just pipe down for a little bit. So last week we did the what Twitter account would you like to run the most? Uh huh. What Twitter account could disrespect you and you wouldn't and you just shrug it off? Like you um, wouldn't even be phased by it. Bojangles. Really? Yeah. You know why? Because anything, if Bojangles came at me hard, I'd just have to sit there and take it. Just, you know what? You make great fried chicken, and I love the Cajun fillet sandwich. The Yuva was a life-changing event. That's I. I'm just gonna have to sit there and respect them. Also, any great comedian, like I love when people try and like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to. So Kevin James? No, no, no. I said great comedian. (laughs) All right. If Kevin James came at me on social media, it'd be a Donnybrook. I'd fight to the, I'd be like, uh, I'd be like Mel Gibson is William Wallace. All right. My final words as I died a death on Twitter would be freedom because I would not let Kevin James. I'll die in the pits of Twitter before I let Kevin James disrespect me. The Chris Rock claps back. You just sit there and take it, right? Dave Chappelle, sit there and take it. That's just the way it is. So Beth usually ends with her random fact of the day. I figured I would go with a fitty fiction of the day. Ooh, okay. I took a straw poll over the weekend, mm-hmm. and it came back, in fact, that Rocky Four is, in fact, the greatest Rocky of all time. What's a straw? Well, I want to know the numbers here. It was a poll of three. Me, okay, yeah. my dad, and my stepmom who watched the movie on Saturday night. On you know, the most American weekend of all. Yeah, do you know anything about an unbiased poll here? Or is the only poll you're swinging have to be biased? No, it's I have a biased poll. Okay. All right. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line. We'll do it today. On air, we're asking you, what is the best Rocky movie of all time? Extra points if you troll us both by saying, Creed, when we come back, the GOAT Conversation on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC.